Alejandra Aybar, graduada de Ingeniería Industrial, es una nadadora paralímpica de alto rendimiento. I am a tiny person trying to make big changes in a country where inclusion is not a priority yet. Por sus habilidades excepcionales y espíritu emprendedor, Alejandra Ibar se ha destacado en la natación. Welcome to Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. I'm your host, Jamie. In today's episode, we speak with Alejandra Ibar of the Dominican Republic. We hear how she's gone from not knowing how to swim to Paralympian in just seven years. We also discuss her traumatic experiences with her former coach and all that's happened since Tokyo. I'm Alejandra Ibar, Paralympic swimmer. I was the first para swimmer ever that qualified to the Parapan American Games in the history of my country, and also the first one who won a medal in this type of event. I also competed in finals in Tokyo 2020 and in Madeira's World Championships this year. So Alejandra, why did you start swimming? Uh, was a doctor's recommendation. I heard my knee and after that he recommended me to start swimming. And when you started, there was no national para team, right? In 2015, There was no national para-swimming team. At that moment, the Dominican Paralympic Committee did not have the resources to support international competitions. So I have to fundraise 100% of the resources needed to compete and afford all my training expenses. To do so, I have to work nine hours per day and after that, go and train. So if my math is right, you went from not knowing how to swim to being in the Paralympics in literally seven years before para-swimming was even a thing in the DR. How did you do that? I have to sacrifice many things. Currently, there are two para-swimmers competing internationally, including me. But I am confident that in the future we will be a bigger team and I will be able to swim in a relay in a major event before my retirement from competition. All this happenstance not only brought her to Tokyo, but it's also how she met one of her best friends. My name is Betania Diaz. I am from the Dominican Republic. I had the chance to meet Alejandra for the first time We had to take classes, each one for different medical conditions. When I was suggested to start practicing swimming because of a back injury, and I enrolled to the classes, I met Alejandra there for the first time. It was a very immediate connection. Tania, we met when we were learning how to swim back in 2015. So every time I have to go out to the pool to jump in, she was my king. So she gave me her arm and walked with me. And, and when I came back from Tokyo, I spent all the time crying because I was really depressed. And she supported me because she said every 
every time that I was crying, come to my home, stay here with me. Bethania was in Alejandra's group swim classes. So how did you get to know Alejandra? I am the type of person that I like to be always taking control of the order and everything. So every time we had to get to the line, I was always like trying to see who who was missing. If somebody was uh, in front of me or somebody behind, I was always trying to make sure that they were like in the same path. So we could have the chance to practice the same amount of time and the same number of times. And there I, I joined with a group with Alejandra. So I think that was a very good opportunity First to connect with Alejandra and like to give her the chance and the advantage of being the first always. We were always encouraging, we were always pushing her, you can do it, come on. So whenever we reached the, like each one of our practices, somebody, of, some of us were always waiting for her. She had to put her cane always in some place and we were always taking care that her cane was always in the same place that she needed it, that she had her flip-flops and everything. So there we started a, a small group like to get together every time we had practices so it became a bit of a chivalry very interesting i started a very beautiful friendship with alejandra which as of today has been one of the best experiences i have ever had with a human being in my whole life (laughs) alejandra what was life like for you growing up i was born in south area of the dominican republic i have a condition called osteogenesis imperfecta also known as viral bone disease. And I got the best medical treatment my mom could afford at that time, but not the best I needed. So I grew up with so many limitations, far away from everything and everybody that could be potentially harmful for me. Basically, I was always in a corner learning activities that do not involve people, like playing piano or learning how to crochet and so on. What was that like for you? I I can't even imagine that. I do not have any other choice because every time I fell down and broke, one of my bones was extremely hard to start again, over and over, was hard. How did you find the strength and motivation to continue? What was your why? I trust God's will and plan. And when I was growing up with disability, I had many questions. Fears, I don't understand why me. I had a, a big hole inside. And I was born in 1988. At that moment, inclusion was not even a topic of this of discussion. And thought that God has a plan for me and he is in control, gave me a motive to wake up every day. And, and it still does. After sacrificing and overcoming so much to even get to the games, What was your Paralympics like when you finally got there? It was definitely my biggest goal. And I'm very proud to have achieved that dream. I would have liked to compete under better circumstances. 
emotionally or in a better in a better sport class but despite this I gave my best in every single competition and leave the moment to the floor. Bethania, what did it mean for Alejandra to represent the DR in Tokyo? Oh, a super proud moment. And I think this was something that all that have known Alejandra for all these years have been backing up that and waiting for that moment to happen. And we all have enjoyed all this process of her trainings, each one of the competitions she has participated. <laughs> Imagine, I was with her just taking classes, like just to, to have a good health and all of a sudden see her competing. I was like, oh, maybe I could have been in Tokyo also if, we, if I would have <laughs> followed her path, you know? So it has been very, very exciting to see how she has become the person she is right now. And more than the person, like the role that she has, that she has become for this society and for all of us in Dominican Republic. And not only Dominican Republic, but all those that know her and have had the chance to know her all over the world. What makes Alejandra's Paralympics even better was that she got there despite someone who was supposed to be her ally. The darkest moment in my sport career was last year when I was kicked out from my training because I did not want to drink a beer. Not once, but three times in a row. One suspension led to another as a consequence of the first, but... After this, I was scared. I was depressed. And I remember going to the pool and training. But when I arrived home, I was empty. I was crying all the time because I have so many open questions. But I stayed there because I was too worried about the outcomes of my competitions that I sacrificed my emotional stability out of the water. Wait, your coach suspended you because he told you to chug a beer and you did not. Is that right? Yes. I say, I don't drink. And he replied, if you don't drink, you will be suspended for three days. And I thought he was joking. When I came on Monday to the training, he said, get her off from my training because you you didn't drink. And I say to you, if you didn't drink, you don't have training. As I mentioned before, I continue going to training, showing up every day. But after the games, I was depressed even more hmm. because the responsibility to represent my country gave me a reason to wake up every day, but at the same time, I took this as an opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. I started applying for a few scholarship programs abroad. However, it took me more than a year to say out loud, I was abused and to come to the terms with the fact that I'm not responsible for others' erratic behavior. Because I wasted time trying to identify what I did wrong or why me. 
did I deserve this? What happened to him? But there is nothing wrong in saying I don't want to do this or that, especially if it has nothing to do with the training. If you ask me, could I have done something differently or better? Yes, I should. I setting boundaries when needed to. Hmm. I had like before that I have a specific moment or situation where I could stop him. I was insulted in front of a taxi driver in the international area in Tokyo in front of everybody. But I was too ambitious with my performance that I lost myself. Because even under their circumstances, I jumped into the pool and kept improving my swimming times. Sure. But... I don't want to take the whole time talking about this, but I don't know feel hate or resentment towards him because we achieved important goals together. I not even think he's a bad person. Mm -hmm. In the end, everybody gives what they have in a given moment. Mm -hmm. But after a year of trying to find myself and why I continued doing this, I found out that my times depend on me, even when coaches represent an important part in athletes life. But if everything you are doing costs you your mental or emotional stability, that is too high of a price to pay. My blood was just boiling hearing this. So I wanted to speak with someone who knew what was happening at the time and was really close to Alejandra. So I spoke with her other best friend, Josephine. So I have to tell you, I was very angry and upset about what was happening, but she managed it with so much grace and so much just like maturity that I learned from her because it was happening to her, but she was teaching me a lesson, which is, which is the thing with Alejandra. She has changed so much since the person I met in 2016 and the person she is now. It's just something I admire immensely. So even though she was struggling through this, she rarely complained. And when she when she spoke about it, it's probably because she had had too much. But she was very discreet about it because she was so worried and not harming him and just getting through the process and getting to the competition and not losing focus of what was important. Your profile says a four foot three tall girl promoting inclusion. What does this mean? I am a tiny person trying to make big changes in a country where inclusion is not a priority yet. People talk about inclusion mainly because it is a popular topic nowadays, but not because they feel it in their heart. For me, being inclusive is more than talking. It is action and doing my part as an individual or society. I asked Josephine what the common missteps of inclusion were. 
in the Dominican Republic, when we see someone who has some kind of limitations or, or different abilities than we do, the first reaction is, oh, I feel so sorry for this person. And then you realize, no, this person can do ex more exactly what you do and even more. And that's, you know, I think people like Alejandro teach us that because there's no limitations in what you can accomplish when you set your mind to it. And obviously this just doesn't happen out of the blue. There's a lot of discipline involved. There's a lot of sacrifice. The story of Alejandra coming from where she was born, she was born in Aswa, which is a province in the south part of the island. She came to Santo Domingo to go to university and she was alone, completely alone. And she she sacrificed, she pulled through and she has accomplished so much. People who have access to everything can look at Alejandra and say, wow, this is a person who had absolutely nothing and look at everything she's accomplished. I think she She's just a, an amazing inspiration, and there's a lot to learn from her. So what about now? What happened to you after the games? After the game, I started my master's degree in sport management in Ljubljana, Slovenia. I'm training every day like I used to, but part of the time I'm training totally alone. Being an athlete for a poor country or developing country is not sustainable in the long run. And this is why I'm getting ready for the next step. Because by studying sport management, I believe I will be able to help my country to develop Paralympic sport. Is that your goal? to be a champion for para-sports in the Dominican Republic? I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure that I will be able to do so because I'm 34 years now, 34 years old. So, as I mentioned, being an athlete is not sustainable in the long term because I'm not earning money to live or enough money to live. But who knows? Exactly. And you said you're still training and you're training alone, so you don't have a coach there with you, right? Sometimes I am, let's say, supervised by the National Paralympic coach, the Slovenian National Paralympic coach but sometimes I'm alone. And I do it by my, for me. It's a personal goal. So it doesn't matter if I'm with people or, or not, I have to do my job. I think I need some of that motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of motivation, I saw on your poster for the Paralympics, you quoted and wrote this in Spanish. One day you'll find meaning to all the times that life said no to you. What does this mean? That means a lot because I'm the opposite to what many people believe. And incredibly, despite my disability, I have achieved things that no one ever could imagine. Alejandra, you've really achieved so much. What are you most proud of? 
It has been to leave my country to do my master's degree here in Slovenia. It was a 180-degree change, coming to a different place where I don't have family and at the beginning didn't have any friends and doing things that in another situation I would never do alone like going to crowded places or using public transportation. So what are your hopes for the future? I want to finish my master's with excellent grades <laughs> and be able to compete in Santiago 2023 and Paris 2024 and of course finding a job in an international sport organization, maybe. Those are some great goals that are definitely going to come true. As we wrap up, we ask every athlete for the one action they want our listeners to take after listening to your stories. What's yours? If you see someone with disability, don't and never look at them with fear. Now, I don't pay any attention. <laughs> but, but at the beginning, it made me feel like the most stranger thing ever. And I used to feel really uncomfortable with myself. So I have to learn to be more confident, to love myself, to be able to not feeling something when someone look at me. Thanks for tuning into Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. For more behind the scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching for Flame Bears. Apply to our brand new Flame Bears Fellowship Program. You can find information on our social media and on our website, flamebearspodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review. It really matters and it makes a big difference. Last but certainly not least, thank you to my amazing teammates, Marissa Potter and Lizzie Michael. Thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode.